Listen up, real estate investors, entrepreneurs, and agents. You're in the right place. Unlocking the secrets to real estate investing and entrepreneurship. Welcome to the Titanium Vault, hosted by RJ Bates III. Here's RJ. Hey guys, welcome to the Titanium Vault. I'm your host, RJ Bates. Today I'm with my partner, Cassie DeHaas. How are you? Fantastic. <laughs> so today we are going to talk about the importance of how to handle a seller in pre-foreclosure and fully understanding the different strategies and when you should use those and when you should avoid those. So, the first strategy that I kind of want to touch base on because it's become this new trendy, um, everybody's talking about it, and I think everybody's trying to utilize it as best as they possibly can is subject to. Yes. Um, if you're not familiar with subject to, this is probably not the best video for you to watch. There's probably uh, a million other videos on YouTube. Uh, or a podcast on iTunes to go listen to, to learn what a subject to is. We're just going to assume you already know what that is in this episode. So the reason why I bring this up is, is because subject to is a very powerful acquisition strategy, right? Correct. It is an acquisition strategy, not a disposition strategy. And I say that a lot. Yeah. So the reason why we bring that up is, is because what we've been seeing is, is a lot of wholesalers going to a seller's house in pre-foreclosure where a foreclosure date is already set and they are essentially selling the, the seller that is highly distressed on the fact that they're going to solve their problem, right? We don't buy houses, we solve problems and they're gonna take this property subject to the existing mortgage. Uh, but in all reality, what they're doing is, is they're trying to get it subject to, to then wholesale it. Right, and that's where it can become convoluted. Um, I think that what I've seen a lot of, um, it, that I've noticed is, if you are not running, like you, you have different strategies, exit strategies, disposition strategies. If you're going to take it down subject to, and you're going to catch up what is in arrears, good on you. You have a contract that you're going to perform on. But if you're going to try to sell it subject to, that doesn't mean the repairs don't count. Um, if your buyer is potentially an owner of finance or landlord, um, that doesn't mean the repairs don't count. And I see a lot of people running their numbers just like they would on a wholesale and putting it out there where, you know, you can take this down subject to, they don't have sub two amendments and, or addendums in place. They don't have, um, you know, even sometimes the correct payoffs in place. They don't, you know, it, it's good to have multiple exit strategies but if you're running your numbers on a flip, it looks different than an owner finance, than a rental, um, as far as the repairs for your buyers. So if you're putting it out there um, and just saying it has like a very low, uh, you know, repair estimate, 
um, and it all inclusive repair estimate. Um, your buyers, number one, aren't going to go walk a house and see foundation and, you know, need for remodeling and want to take it down as a flip. They're not going to want to take it down as a, as a, an owner finance probably for those numbers. So your numbers are off. Number one, number two, you're putting the, if you're not running your number, right. Even if you do sell it subject to, and you're wholesaling it and they're about to get foreclosed on, you're putting that seller at risk. So there's a point in time where it comes up, which I don't want to get into like running your numbers, right? That kind of thing. But you're, there's a point in time that comes up where you're, you're risking the sellers potentially being foreclosed on. Exactly. And, and here's another aspect of this that I don't think a lot of people contemplate is, is that even if you're able to wholesale this subject too, and the numbers are not accurate, you are still putting that seller at risk because you're essentially putting your buyer at risk. And that buyer can then turn around and say, I can't close on this for the numbers you gave me. Or they could close on it and then say, this asset is not performing. And look, there's, there's shady people in this world. Walk away and say, hey, I'll lose the money that I caught up that was in arrears or maybe even a little bit of rehab, but the, the, the mortgage is not in my name. I'm not getting foreclosed on and they'll walk away and still put that seller right back in, in the, the same, same position. So it's very important to understand that here is probably the, the most important part of all of this that I want everyone to understand when it comes to subject to and and stopping a foreclosure a subject to is not an acquisition strategy for a property that is upside down it is not a substitution for there's no equity but if i get it subject to now suddenly it becomes a good deal that's not the case that's what a short sells there for okay a short sell is there for when a seller falls on hard times they have some kind of personal or financial distress and there's no equity or even negative equity in that property that's when you go to a short sale expert like nicole espinoza there's many others across the country and they can turn that deal and negotiate with the bank and and turn it into where you need it to be and that all goes back to also knowing your numbers which again i'm not getting into but knowing your numbers and knowing how to run a property like if property is in perfect condition, you can actually wholetail it. Cool. Um, and, but you have to know your numbers to know if it's a good, if it's upside down. Right. So knowing your numbers is like really important before you get into some of these different strategies. So that's step one. Um, and I see a lot of people out there that just don't know their numbers because they're not landlords because they're not people who have done owner finance. They're not people who have done flips. Um, so it's really important for you out there as wholesalers, um, to keep, you know, staying in business to, to know how to run your numbers. And then another thing I really want to talk about is like your strategies, um, to stop the foreclosure, because if at the end of the day, you as a wholesaler completely intend to catch up the loan and close on it yourself, cool, do whatever you want. But if you're not planning to do, like, you know, 
let it go until you can, until that date comes where you have to catch up the loan. If you don't sell it, you're going to catch up the loan. But if you're not going to do that again, it is, I mean, I hate to be cutthroat on public uh, forum, but it's unethical. <laughs> like it's not okay. You're the, this is, this is their life. You know, they're only going to buy so many homes. Um, but, he, and, but here's the other aspect of this and, and not to beat a dead horse on subject two, but subject two is a, is an advanced strategy from just a cash offer. Um, you have to understand how to fill out the paperwork correctly. Like you need to understand that there needs to be a purchase sell agreement. There's a warranty deed. There's a power of attorney. And then there's other addendums as far as the insurance notifying the mortgage company. And we have seen numerous times where this information is filled out incorrectly. Letter to the insurance. They're, they're, it depends on your actual purchase agreement, whether you need a sub two um, addendum. We've seen people try to take state promulgated contracts and just mark them up and turn it into a subject to agreement of some sort um, where it doesn't even make sense. You're essentially putting down that you're buying the house for nothing more than what's in arrears. Um, and, and in all reality, you as the wholesaler, they didn't really think that they were screwing over the seller, but they are. And the seller doesn't know any better, right? Because when we go into the house, what are we saying? We're the expert in this situation and we can solve your problem. If you're not an expert or you don't fully understand, there's plenty of people out there. There's free content and there's mentors out there. I know we live in a day and age where everybody gets roasted for education or being a guru, but there are really smart people that have done hundreds and thousands of subject twos yeah. that really know what they're talking about, that have programs, that have courses that will walk you through, that will even know the specific laws for your state on how to do a subject two correctly. It's very important that if you want to utilize this acquisition strategy, that you get educated in this and you know how to do it correctly because you could be really doing something unethical and, and not know it. Right. And, and fully not understand it. I think Daniel Moore from Propelio says it best where he says there have been times in his career where he, he literally did illegal activities unknowingly because he just wasn't educated and somebody told him how to do something on a free YouTube video and he didn't know any better. And then looking back at it, it was like, dude, he was actually doing something illegal. Like he could have gotten in a lot of trouble. It all panned out for him, but you don't want to look back three, five years from now and realize you were doing something incorrectly. Right. I mean, nobody's perfect. Everybody's going to have those moments. And I mean, we've even had those moments where we just, uh, for lack of a better way to put it, we're ignorant as to other factors that went into how we structured a specific deal. Um, for, we've been very fortunate that we haven't had a lot of those moments. We're both kind of education junkies, but we're also like, we put this content out, not because we're trying to be gurus, but because we really just want to have that out there in the space. You know, we're located in DFW as well as other markets. And I think that, you know, it's very important for us to put that out there. You know, like there's people, there's a lot of people who, you know, they get in for quick money. 
um, they become wholesalers and then they start learning just the surface level knowledge of some of these strategies and then they go and they put them into play because they think that it's probably the best solution for a specific seller situation. Um, and I would just encourage you guys, if you have not um, done a lot of those, because yeah, there's trial by fire, but you, you have people out that, that put content out, that put free content out. Um, and I'm really big on, you know, ask those people if you have to JV the first couple ones or, you know, pay them a fee to help you help, you know, help you with through the transaction, whatever it costs, just to make sure that you're protecting your business and you're protecting your seller. Right. And, and why is this topic important, right? It's because pre foreclosures are the low hanging fruit of, of motivation when it comes to buying houses, right? Yeah. It's the easiest. It's like, you know, these people, they have an issue to, that needs to be solved. And so a lot of investors are going to go after pre foreclosures. A lot of wholesalers are going to go after pre foreclosures. So what are the ways that you can solve this issue, right? You can make a cash offer and this is good if you plan on taking it down or wholesaling it. But if you plan on wholesaling it, like you have to understand the magnitude of that decision, which is these people are entrusting their credit and their future moving forward financially in your hands. Yep. You have to take this very seriously. So you make a cash offer. You can also do subject to, but again, the importance of understanding that decision, you need to be prepared to take that down yourself, to catch up the arrears, to make that monthly payment. And, and to have run your numbers correctly. Right, <laughs> because even if you plan on selling it as a subject to, you need to understand what is the exit strategy for your buyer. Because subject, again, subject to is an acquisition strategy. That's, it is there to help the cost of the loan. It right. is there to help the cost of the acquisition. It is there. It's as cheaper a, money. Yes. You probably don't have to pay it. I mean, you're avoiding the origination points if you're taking out hard money or even sometimes private money. Um, it helps save on some of the closing costs. This is why subject two is attractive for a, a buyer. It's also attractive for a seller because it, that arrears gets caught up mm -hmm. and you know, they look better on paper. Um, you know, you, you want to usually do it more short term than some people plan to just depending on the situation, but without getting into like all of that, that's not your exit strategy. Here's the crazy <laughs> thing. I've actually seen people try to wholesale, subject twos where they had not even opened title yet to see if that was the if the mortgage was the only lien on the property like you have to open title you have to yeah. check to see if there's multiple liens what is on this property i mean it is a acquisition strategy that yes there are still steps that you have to go through it's not as simple as get them to sign two or three documents and it's over and you'll even ask sellers a lot. Like, this is like a really good point that you brought up. I can't believe I didn't bring it up myself. But so when you run title, like we've actually had this happen where we had the perfect sub two prop, right? Like we're like, oh, this is golden. We run title on it. They had already told us they had not done a loan modification. They did not have any other lanes. And lo and behold, they had a $30,000 second 
mortgage on the property. Essentially, they had another lien because they had tried, they had done a, a loan mod and that changed the entire, you know, strategy for that property. Like there were options, like most of our options were completely unavailable because it was not like a, something that could sustain a $30,000 additional purchase. Yeah. So, um, it, people don't realize those things are, are vital to actually, and then what situation are you in? You ask the seller, they said, no, oh, well, it's the seller's fault. You're going into a situation where the sellers are distressed. They don't know what you're supposed to know. You're supposed to be the expert. You're supposed to make sure that that's actually able to go through. And while you might be able to say, hey, I've got to make a couple of you know, changes to this, it's not to discourage you from you know, using this strategy. It can be very powerful, but know what you have to know if you're going to go into it because your buyer is gone out the door if you get a $30,000 additional lien. So cash offer subject to, if you're looking at a property subject to, and you run the numbers and it doesn't work as a flip, it doesn't cash flow as a rental, and it's in a higher price point than most owner finance, then it's not a good subject to. Right. And you probably can't make a cash offer. So what's your last option? It's a short sell. That's what a short sell is there for. Negative equity situations, no equity situations, the house needs repairs. The seller and is financially distressed. That's when you utilize someone like Nicole Espinosa, the short sell queen. You put them in contact, she stops the foreclosure, she negotiates it down to your price point. Most of the time when we turn things over to Nicole, we will then say, hey, you know, for example, uh, to buy this house, it would have cost $150,000 to take it subject to and catch up the arrears. Maybe we want to purchase it for $80,000. She'll then negotiate it down with the bank to get it as close to that number as possible for us. We may not even get the property. Um, a couple of other quick points that I do want to highlight on before we, you know, take off here are a lot of people when it comes to pre-foreclosures, which is actually what this, what this whole topic is about, not necessarily sub twos, but, um, you know, you hear of strategies like uh, people filing bankruptcy or um, filing a temporary restraining order or TRO um, or filing, filing a lot of times banks will agree um, to, if you, if you give them a purchase contract um, and a proof of funds, usually, um, you know, they'll, they'll give the seller time, 30 days, whatever it might be, depending on where you are. And some of these things might not even be possible where you are. They are here in Texas. Um, and people think, oh, well, I'll just do that. Or I'll tell the seller to do that. And um, then I can help them. Then I can close on this deal or I can wholesale this deal. I want you guys to understand a couple of things that I'm noticing also that people don't necessarily understand. You're not an attorney. <laughs> you are not an attorney. You should not be advising people to file bankruptcy if they already know about it and they say, um, well, I know I can file bankruptcy and at least get this stopped. Like you just, you do not want to mess with that. You do not want to put your business at risk over one deal. 
Um, if that is their strategy and you purchase the property, that's on them. Um, but it is fraudulent activity. If you are filing bankruptcy, um, or at least I think it is like, if you're, if you're doing something, knowing you don't have the intent to follow through with it, that puts you at risk. Let's just say that. And I'm not an attorney, but that's kind of the way that I've always looked at it with our business. If we are not intending to actually follow through with it and cannot prove that we are intending to follow through with it, then you don't want to perform that action, right? So filing um, a contract that you absolutely intend or a temporary restraining order, you they, they go and file one on a contract that you absolutely intend to close on and perhaps you do wholesale it. But if you can't wholesale it, you know you have to take that down. That's completely different than knowing that you're not able to close on the property or you're giving legal advice to a seller um, you just, you don't want to run into those things. And with a lot of, um, we, we're in a market that has a lot of, um, for lack of a better way to put it, people who are a little bit green, um, or they're newer to this or they're newer to these strategies and they're wholesaling and they just think, oh, well, I know how to stop a foreclosure. This is what you do. Just, just protect your business and protect yourself and, and continue to, um, gather that knowledge. Um, it was really funny. I think the first time that uh, somebody actually filed, that we actually had a contract filed or a TRO, I can't remember which one it was. Um, we had to call uh, one of our, our friends and they were like, you've really never filed? I'm like, no, because I've never had to because I just don't go into like, we go into it with a strategy that it's it's closed and we we don't really have to file those things. We make sure that, you know, that's that's on the seller, you know, at that point in time. So my point being, um, don't act as an attorney, protect your business, protect the seller, um, go into strategies with full intents on actually using them or taking them down yourself. Um, because at the end of the day that one little wholesale fee is probably not worth putting your business at risk or getting sued or losing your business or harming your entire team. Right. So the reason why we bring these things up is because these are strategies we like to utilize in our business. We don't want to see these strategies go away. Yeah. Like these options here in Texas, really difficult to be done. You know why? Because people that didn't know what they were doing screwed it up for the rest of us. And it okay? was abused. So we don't want that to see happen with seller financing, owner financing, subject twos. We don't want to see legislation come down, okay? And we want people to understand that there's the right way to do these things and then there's the wrong way to do these things. We just want to bring light to that and honestly, just educate yourself more. Take this as serious as you would want someone to take it if you were signing your mortgage over someone subject to or if you were in foreclosure and you had a week left before your house was about to be auctioned off and they came in and said they were going to solve your problem, would you really want to see that blasted all over Facebook groups and an email and say, wait, that person's actually not solving my problem. They're actually just trying to sell my house to someone else for a fee. Look, we love wholesaling, yes, but there's a time and place for it and you need to make sure that you're, prepared and you have the capability to take care of these people when they're in this situation. Okay. 
So enough harping on that subject. We're um, we're uh, last point on it. You know, we're and we're we're not giving you all the information that you know on this like short little video. Like to be clear, you know, we're not attorneys. We just know like there's a better way to go about it and we want people to make sure they educate themselves go and go to all the different resources you can to learn about all the different points of this so right so a couple of exciting things uh, that we want to announce uh, that last week we announced with dutch jackson that we have a new podcast called the titanium underground um it's officially out now um so check it out we're live on spotify titanium underground you can check it out we'll be live on itunes as soon as apple gets their stuff together and makes us live uh but titanium underground we've already got two gonna have three episodes later today up and ready for you guys gonna be quick 10 15 minute episodes just hitting a couple of topics and really just getting out there with the people that are out in the field grinding away and trying to make generational wealth for them and their families okay uh, that's our episode today, guys. Hope you enjoyed it. It's a little bit different, and we kind of came on a little bit strong, but hey, that's who we are We're here at Investments. So, <laughs> hope you guys enjoyed it. Um, if you're listening on iTunes, right, we only like five-star ratings, right? What can they do with those four or below star ratings? They can give them to someone else. Yes, give them to someone else. <laughs> give them to someone else. Be yeah. nice. Only give us five-star ratings. <laughs> Make sure you're sub subscribed for all future notifications of episodes. If you're watching on YouTube, we love the thumbs up. Make sure you subscribe and hit the bell for all notifications. All right, guys. We'll see you all next week. Thanks so much for listening to the Titanium Vault with your host, RJ Bates III. For more info and to stay up to date, visit www.podcast.thetitaniumvault.com and on facebook.com slash thetitaniumvault. If you enjoyed the episode, please rate and review, and we'll catch you next time on the Titanium Vault. Titanium Vault.